everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life number 223. Here we are on the 10th, no, the 6th of October. <laughs> I was thinking we were back in June. <laughs> there is a 10 well, in there. It's just there the is month. a 10, yes. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show. We've got a ton of news, as always, never stops at Tesla, as we know. But first, to our panel. Mr. Patrick Connor joins us again after a quick hiatus. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Hello, Tesla Nation. I missed you. I'm back here to have some fun with my friends. And uh, let's get on with the show. Fantastic. Mr. Casey Green joins us as regular from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? I'm doing pretty well. Both of my Cybertrucks have finally showed up. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Cybertruck in the background. Oh, yeah. Wheels. And then, uh, and then I spent uh, 204 miles on the road today trying to improve my safety score and made it worse. <laughs> oh! Yes, I, I went from 99.4 to 99.2. And so now I've got to do 304 miles to stand a chance. <laughs> oh, and uh, that, that time is coming up this uh, Friday? or Two days! Could be Saturday. <laughs> Not weeks. Two knows? days! Two right. days! But uh, that's that's going to be the first batch of a thousand people. Apparently, are going to be let onto the service. And let's take Elon a poll has... over in the uh, comments. To, yeah. Do you think a thousand people will get it on Saturday? Yes or no? That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so but, gonna uh, come up. it is going to be uh, interesting to see if uh, if the if it continues to be a thousand a day. Uh, if you're going to be at 100%. If you have to be at 100% to get in the first batch, the second batch, the third batch, you know, how mm -hmm. long do those numbers remain high? Um, obviously, they're going to remain quite high up, but I mean perfect. How long, you know, how often, how many batches of 1,000 people will have to have a perfect score in order to get admitted into the program? That's uh, information we won't get, but uh, it would be very interesting and telling to know. Yeah, Absolutely. there should be some, you know, distribution curve. Uh, with, uh, I don't know where the you know middle of that would be, but uh, yeah. I, I, there, there's got to be people in the you know 80s uh, and 70s, and <laughs> there was even a subreddit where they were talking, they were tr trying to see who could get the lowest score, and I'm like, yeah, you guys keep going. The right. more of you, <laughs> y'all do that. Game, the better my <laughs> you're, helping, you're helping my average every time you go low. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I am number uh, 68 in tesla scope oh. oh what's this uh it's a, tesla it's a, a virtual scoreboard yeah virtual scoreboard um Look at that. so tesla scope has a new feature where they show uh where you are so the when i signed up every car on here was a performance car some sort of plaid performance three performance x <laughs> and uh here's the here's the people in the top 15 right now oh they're cars i should say Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's just people just that in have put in their own score, right? Like you're no, no, no. This is Tesla Scope, so uh, it'll pull from the car, and then you also have to have enabled the safety scoring. So there's some people in there that ah. have one that haven't turned on the switch yet. Okay. All yeah. right. There are a lot more hundreds than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> quite a few. Quite a few. And uh, as we were. Well, Casey, you you, have, you can't just tease your Cybertruck and not tell us uh, what it is and where you got it. Oh, um, so while the Mattel servers were melting about six months ago, uh, 
we, we saw our friends in Canada, so Trevor was actually one of the ones who first got, got his delivered. I don't know how you guys beat us to it, but you did. And, uh, and so my two finally arrived, and I'm going to open this one and video it and try not to scratch it up like all the other YouTubers have done. Just don't roll it, and you'll be right. fine. <laughs> so this is the one that comes with the ATV. It's a much bigger box than I expected. Oh, okay. that's, that's a pretty large printer that's underneath it right there. <laughs> You're the, size go and, uh... the size of a printer. Right. <laughs> you, you said you don't want to get it scratched, but I don't think you're going to go get a ceramic coating put on it. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to probably just drive it around one of the rooms upstairs and on the carpet and then put it on my bookshelf, which is currently out of there camera you. still. There you go. That'll, that'll keep it uh, scratch-free, I'm sure, right. for a long period of time. The other one's still in the shipping box, and I'm going to keep it that way for a while. Well, let's hit the, the big news, of course, this week. Yeah. Uh, the uh, quarter three uh, sales results came in, and it was, surprise, surprise, another third quarter record for Tesla, hitting 241,300 vehicles uh, delivered uh, in the third quarter. And uh, that uh, was a little bit of surprise uh, to Wall Street. Wasn't expecting that large of a number. And, of course, you know what that means stock went down no no it didn't but uh <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's traditional logic uh so uh it was uh interesting to see that uh actually the stock market uh played positively with that news it looks like maybe and i'm just mean maybe uh they're starting to clue in to what has actually been going on with tesla all through the pandemic uh to this point still hitting numbers still breaking records actually being able to produce cars when other manufacturers are having to stop or or limit uh, production. Uh, Tesla is really pulling out all the stops uh, to make this happen. And uh, we, of course, heard from the employees that uh, they were pushing them hard to deliver every last vehicle they could right up until the 30th uh, of September. And uh, that uh, that number was uh, a tremendous uh, result. Uh, no one, a lot, of, a lot of people weren't expecting it to hit that high. So uh, that is not an all-time high, but it certainly is an all-time high for the third quarter. So uh, very good to see that. Um, and now uh, we progress into the last quarter of the year, quarter four. Uh, with Tesla uh, continuing for some unbelievable way, uh, they're, they're able to pull out the stops and actually keep producing these cars, where, as we mentioned, others just are having all sorts of trouble. Um, we're hearing about double-digit percentage drops for other automakers uh, in the quarter that uh, they just couldn't produce, uh, had to uh, limit production, put cars on hold, I uh, have a number of vehicles that are parked off to the side waiting for parts to come in. Uh, Ford has, uh, there was a number of uh, different uh, uh, news stories about Ford uh, having uh, really uh, large swaths of vehicles that were just waiting for parts. So um, this is uh, surprising, uh, not really, because Tesla seems to be able to be, a, being a niche uh, producer of vehicles. They're not obviously as large as Toyota or uh, GM or Ford, but they seem to be able to tighten their their loop of suppliers and get the parts they need for the cars that they're producing. So 
based on the numbers they're producing, they're able to shore up those parts. Not really sure how, but uh, that's going to lead to another story we've got here today. So uh, very interesting. Definitely cool. I uh, I think that, that we were all right when we said it's going to be somewhere around a million for the year. That's right. We're actually, the three of us are at 900,000, 1 million, and 1.1 million were the guesses that we recorded uh, quite some time ago. So, uh, yeah. one dollar, Bob. We, as, <laughs> one dollar. Yeah. As we get uh, closer to the end of the year, uh, we'll have to be uh, certainly checking in on that. But uh, that, uh, and, and you know, it's going to be even more of a, uh, I guess, uh, not, it's going to be, more interesting to see when next year rolls around when we've got the uh, Berlin and Texas up and running. Then the yes. numbers are going to get crazy, crazy yeah. large. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be impressed with the first the first little week. And then, then when they actually, you know, figure out the vehicles, figure out each other, figure out the equipment, and then they get that thing rolling, whew, we're going to be like, yeah, we once they, that was once, a lot. <laughs> once they uh, get uh, a rollout going and it's, it's running like Fremont uh, runs currently. Um, those two new uh, locate those two new factories are really going to ramp the numbers up to a crazy number. But yeah. uh, we'll get to that. It's hopefully, coming. Hopefully, they uh, they they can make it so that the whole uh, story of the quality of of uh, Tesla new cars uh, is 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 some long forgotten joke. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, next. Um, seems to be a little bit more smoke uh, about Tesla headquarters moving to Texas. There was a recent uh, Tesla Roddy article that was talking about rumblings that are going on. Uh, first, of course, uh, was the uh, moving of the uh, uh, annual shareholders meeting uh, was going to, going to be, is going to be, will be pushed uh, to Gigafactory, Texas. And uh, they were kind of extrapolating that along with uh, some other signs that have been going on. I'm not going to go through everything. Of course, the article will be linked uh, in the show notes, so you can uh, read it for yourself into the details. But um, we mentioned this on the show last week, maybe the week before, that uh, you know this could be a sign uh, that uh, Tesla has already made the move to Texas in their minds, and now they're just moving pieces of the puzzle. Um, we know about that uh, now infamous uh, tweet uh, that came from a California representative, uh, you know, telling Elon basically the FO, and uh, Elon's response being message understood or something to that effect. Uh, and uh, that uh, that was kind of that was kind of. Uh, could have been a, a foretelling sign about uh, about what uh, is planned here. Um, another uh, point on the other side of the uh, of the the scale was that uh, maybe moving it to Giga Texas for the annual shareholder meeting is to show us the progress that has happened at Giga Texas, uh, which would be again uh, great publicity for Tesla to push out there. They have the spotlight on them for the uh, shareholders meeting. Why not show that a line is up and running or or uh, indicate uh, how far they've come in a number of different areas, the stamping or, you know, something uh, showing us uh, that things are starting to move inside of that uh, 
ginormous factory uh, outside of Austin. So uh, that could be the case too. But uh, it's uh, it's up in the air. Uh, we'll have to see as a few more of those puzzle pieces start to come down as to whether or not we see a clear picture that Tesla has decided to really move on from uh, California for you know the, uh, uh, the in the foreseeable future or if something else has changed but um, it uh, it is interesting will Elon keep his word about uh, like did, had he made that decision right at that time and started to put the puzzle pieces in place we'll have to see there's two really bad timings that go with that. Uh, one is Texas is making the news left and right for all sorts of terrible things. And uh -huh. then this one he could have prevented because this they knew before he spoke. They still can't sell cars there. <laughs> That's yeah, insane. Not yeah. Yeah, that, that is. is that is something, that, again, that, that, that has uh, perplexed us on this show uh, from the beginning when we... Uh, we heard that uh, they didn't even look at the resolution uh, before they shut down uh, in Texas uh, that uh, that uh, uh, controlling body that uh, makes those decisions. So, and we know that uh, it's going to be just under two years before they meet again. So, that's right. No sales in Texas. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> Yeah, what happened to the, the free enterprise state or whatever? Uh, nope. They they, they, they they put that on the tin, but they don't believe it. Right. <laughs> yes. So so I still say that the, the best way to kind of, you know, point the finger back at them, you know, the, the, the rude finger is to say, you know, hey, everything that comes here is for export only. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get them the California cars, and as much as they are so full of themselves and their Texas pride... Uh, they're going to be driving a bunch of Californian cars and trucks. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. a bit of a sting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it's going to be interesting to see as to when, you know, when those Model Y start to roll off uh, the assembly line there is, uh, how are those sales going to be made in Texas? So is it... Sell them from California. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's drive across the border and bring it back. Uh, is yeah. it imported from California? Um it's uh, the logistics are going to be kind of crazy do they, for. Do they for have about to touch the ground years. when when they get to the other state or Mexico? <laughs> do they yeah, actually so have to touch the ground? I'm wondering. I don't because it's really just a round trip. If they don't. Yeah. Leave. So they have to be registered in the, in another state and then and then brought back in. Yeah. So I don't th I don't know if that requires them to go off the truck. And then you, you can still Somebody get it delivered. Somebody sits there and scans the trailer. Somebody yeah, just comes out and goes, stick, stick, stick. And then, and then, <laughs> keep it going. Keep it rolling. Brought it to Oklahoma. See, yeah. Oklahoma again. They could have just they, they could have been over this. Oklahoma wanted them there. Texas right. didn't care. Right. Uh, that would be a, a great way to give uh, give Oklahoma a bone uh, based on uh, you know send them all the way they, to Tulsa. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Or you know, put a. Put a, a turnaround spot just across the border, and uh, that's when the stickers get slapped on and trucks head right back. So right, yes, final assembly means this sticker was installed. That's right. <laughs> hey, my volt, my volt had a union sticker right on the door jam. It was down when the union sticker hit the door. <laughs> uh, fun times. So uh, yes. yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see, and and uh, as we can see. Um, 
uh, Gigafactory Texas getting closer and closer to completion. So maybe the shareholders meeting will show us some little extra about what's going on, and uh, we'll get a, an update uh, as to uh, when we when they believe uh, production is actually going to start. Next, uh, if anyone was happened to uh, check out the National Geographic October issue, you would have been in for a bit of a surprise. Look at that. Uh, we've got uh, Teslas on the cover, even though they're not stated they're there. It's, uh, it's painfully <laughs> obvious uh, that a couple of them are Teslas, for sure. Uh, the forefront uh, vehicle and, of course, the semi in the background. Uh, National Geographic uh, stating that electrification is here. The revolution is not coming. It's already here. And uh, this issue talks about the electrification of transportation. Um, so uh, it's, uh, again, good to see. This gets out into the public. It may get into hands of people that aren't normally aware of what Tesla or even uh, the I guess the state of electrification and transportation currently is in today's world. And uh, this is, you know, this is good PR. Uh, it helps uh, it, and it uh, allows uh, people that may not be completely in touch of what's going on. It allows them to see that, hey, some options exist. Uh, they are out and available today. And uh, we should be looking at uh, maybe some of these things if, if we believe that um, what we're currently doing with our gas car, uh, we're looking for alternatives. And it's funny, this this comes out because here in Southern Ontario, a news story just came out on today's six o'clock news where they were talking about how gas prices have spiked uh, yep. and uh, they continue to go up. And uh, people are feeling the pain at the pumps as uh, they're starting to see that uh, those prices rise. Um, it hit an all-time high uh, here at the buck forty-two a liter uh, mm. here in the KW area. So uh, that was kind of surprising to some as they see it go up a couple cents here and a couple cents there. And surprise, long weekend coming up for Canadians because it's Thanksgiving uh, this coming weekend. And uh, surprise, the gas prices have risen risen again. So uh, nice. that's an old little game that gets played here in Canada when it comes to pump prices. Uh, long weekends, they seem to go up regardless. Yeah, the Weather Channel was talking about uh, natural gas prices going up for heating and cooking this, this, this mm -hmm. winter. So I've got Model 3, Ford Lightning, Tesla Semi, uh, DJI Drone, uh, that, that NASA prototype, so I, I, I don't know a couple people are actually building them, so I don't know which one that one is. I don't understand what this one is. And that is zero. a UFO, my friend. A UFO. <laughs> this, is a, this is a zero? And a, is it the French or Japanese TGV or bullet train? And why? Uh, Japanese, <laughs> I believe, made it. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, certainly the original was Japanese. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very cool. So, uh <laughs> Again, uh, more publicity for electric vehicles, and the more the merrier. Helps us all out. Oh, uh, Derek was first in the chat. That's not on screen here. Okay. Cool. Hello, Derek. Yeah. So this is uh, following along the you know Tony Siva's curve of, of how uh, it's it's uh, starts out slow and it's a few percent, but it's growing every year. And uh, if we can jump the shark, no, jump the the chasm uh, and get to the. Uh, 18% market share, then we're out of early adopters, and that's when it is going to go into the uh, early majority, 
And then that, that's when you really see the steep part of that S curve going. And uh, so if we can just get to into the teens, uh, we'll quickly be into the 40, 50%. Once you're into that market, the economies of scale are going to make electric the obvious choice. And then after that, it's easy to get to 85, 90%. There's always you know the, the laggards at the end, but that's okay. If we're at 90% electric, I will be very happy. <laughs> and and you're, you're really describing what's happening in real time in Norway right now. Mm -hmm. That's that's something that uh, they talked about electrification, uh, pushing out uh, ICE cars uh, by 2030, and they talked about uh, what that timetable is. Well, it turns out the market in Norway is actually forcing the end of ICE faster than they expected, and they yep. could be in a situation where uh, ICE vehicles are really stopped selling as of next year. So yeah. uh, that's that's remarkable, but that's exactly what Patrick mentioned about that S curve. It gets to a point where it just is now self-perpetuating. It's pushing it harder and faster uh, as the days go on. So uh, hopefully, as I said, we get into the teens. That's our next step to get onto the base of that S curve. So yeah. with the with the batteries now, does that mean that uh, I mean you've already got Tesla scrambling for as many as they can get uh, once they. Uh, the, the battery manufacturers are very, very conservative business-wise. So is, is this the point that they actually start putting investments in and, and we are just actually see more plants open up? Because it's not raw materials. I mean, lithium is the third, third most common out there. Right. Yeah, so I think we're going to see uh, what Ford is doing, where they are effectively building a plant and having uh, battery manufacturers uh, populate it. But the, they built the plant, they own that real estate, the batteries that are made there are for them. So they don't have to go out and try to, to under the open market to try to get them and then maybe fall short as things explode. So, so the, they, they're the, doing the same as Panasonic and Tesla then? Yes, exactly. Yeah, cool. yeah. And, and I think if you don't do something like that where you have a guaranteed supply, you're going to be out of business because yeah. you're not going to be able to get it because, like you said, this, this curve is going to go really fast. Its battery constraint is going to be a major limiting factor. And if you don't have a supply, you're out of luck. If you're out of luck, you don't have a product. You're, you're fighting for scraps. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, yeah, yeah and, how much uh, and, you pay and in the open market? GM is also doing that uh, with uh, with battery uh, partners uh, and two now one plant under construction second one's begun so they're they're already investing in that as well so and Rivian. you're right they're seeing <laughs> that the writing is on the wall uh, yeah, there uh -huh. is there is a need to produce the batteries yourself or have the batteries locked up otherwise the vehicles aren't going to go anywhere you you need it you know you need the same amount of batteries produced that you can produce vehicles yeah. Right. I mean, you can probably try and argue with a regulator that you can sell the car without a speedometer needle, but you can't sell one without a battery. It won't go. <laughs> right. is, you got to be a really good salesman to sell that. Yeah. But uh, that leads us. How we phase out of gas. That's going to be really interesting. It, when when the majority of new cars sold are electric, now all of a sudden the the, the gas cars are going to start disappearing. The gas stations aren't going to have the people coming to visit them, so they can't make money on their convenience stores. And they're going to start shutting down, and then it's the going to be a lot harder. Station. To, <laughs> yeah, hey, so that Wawa and and RC, RS Automotive—they're they're doing great for snacks and and the convenience store side. Well, that's uh, that's it. Those some of them will jump to the hybrid model immediately, yeah. and the mm -hmm. others that don't—they're done. They, they could be dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, yep. they're done. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Well, that kind of that kind of leads us to our next story, and that is yeah, that's why I changed uh, the subject <laughs> about uh, manufacturing of chips. And uh, what is going on, Patrick? How does Tesla get these chips and continue producing vehicles when others are having so many issues with uh, doing the same thing? I'm glad you asked, because Tesla Roddy has attempted to answer just that question. We have an article here titled, How Did Tesla Find Chips? Morgan Stanley Breaks Down Impressive Q3 Delivery Performance. So um, as we all know, people who are in, uh, heavily in, interested in Tesla, Tesla's not just a car company. They're a technology company that happens to make cars. And when um, that is where you're coming from, if there's a chip shortage, well, okay, you're going to look at what else do we have in-house? Uh, what else can we get? Um, okay, so we're going to have to change the firmware to uh, adapt to that. We've got the technology. We've got the programmers. We've got the know-how. We can do it. Whereas other car companies, that's all been outsourced. They are Tesla is massively vertically integrated, but they also have relationships with a lot of suppliers. And so having that uh, we make it and we buy it, just like they do with their batteries, uh, means that they can they can shift and they have the uh, flexibility to move between the two when there is a shortage in one you have other pipelines to make up for it so um, this article here by Joel Klinder goes through four reasons and um, I, I'll add my own fifth to it the first one's vertical integration we just talked about that uh, the second one is sophistication uh, Jonas writes that Tesla's in-house development of its vehicles comes down to the company's ability to install the best tech, including processors. So an electric vehicle has three to four times more chips than a gas car, and yet Ford was shutting down production because they couldn't get chips. Tesla wasn't. Why? Because they have the ability to adapt to this. So uh, next on the list is negotiation. So Tesla is a company that um, has these relationships with their suppliers and um, being able to work with them, the suppliers are able to find out what are the requirements going to be for the next generation of products. So they're looking at Tesla and saying, hey, uh, this is a relationship that we need to keep and we need to maintain. And uh, so, that's a, another strong point there. And uh, scale, the last one here. So if you have a company that is small but growing, and you say, okay, I want to double my production next year, but then, uh, or in the next quarter, or whatever, you, you're, uh, but then they fall 30% short, well, you still had significant growth. Whereas if you're a company that's stagnant and they, can, and they uh, are 30% short, well, you've just dropped. So Tesla's scale and growth is, is really helping them out here in, in addition to all the other factors. So that meant that the uh, suppliers who were working with were expecting to deliver more to Tesla than they did in the previous quarter. And uh, that is not necessarily the case with all the incumbents that they deal with. So there right. you go. That's uh, major Tesla advantages left and right. And, uh, and, it, and it saved their bacon in this entire you know last 18 months chips and bacon i didn't know they went together but right, <laughs> another, another good point that was brought up that i that i liked was it pointed out that uh the tesla is using 
current generation technology. They're not asking to use uh, old stuff. So they can actually swap in between what they're doing for other companies right now. Uh, still have the same lenses in there and just change out the, the blueprint, the, the, the template basically, rather than, oh, all right, we had to go get the machine from six years ago and set it up in the, in the, in the lab for a month. Uh, oh, we got to right. take it out and put the new stuff back. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you're dealing with an old product line, it is not economical to expand that line. You've already um, depreciated everything. Those parts are no longer necessarily available. It's um, the, the new stuff you're always doing better, faster processes. Uh, and uh, it, it, so that, if you need to expand it, okay, that is more economical and they're usually higher margin and it makes more sense to do that. That's the right the place where a company will invest um, in, in something from six or eight years ago that just does not add up. Yeah, and I, what I really liked about your the points indicated, Patrick, was the vertical integration. Again, that strikes. Being able to produce some of the stuff yourself to understand it and to purchase it from other suppliers gives them a leg up that they can scramble and modify and make changes because they understand the technology at a base form. And being yes. able to say, if we swap this out and put this here, we may have to write some new code for it but we can make that same chip do the operation that the old one that we can't get do it. So uh, that is uh, being a, being on top of it that you can make your own, you understand the basics, right at baseline, uh, then you can build on that. And in this case, they've been able to make uh, other chips work uh, and do the same functions uh, for chips they cannot get. So uh, that's, uh, that's something that, the legacy car makers, as you mentioned, uh, they're just buying from suppliers. They've got no real understanding of what it is besides a spec that they have right. to buy by. So this is uh, this is another uh, big plus in the Tesla column. And two really good examples of this: uh, the MCUs, the uh -huh. MCU two uh, in in the Model Y, S, X, and three is is running on the same chips as as a lot of people's uh network attached storage devices like you got switches you've got uh home servers that sort of thing they're all running on these same chips and then the new snx refresh they're running on amd ryzen chips the same as the the xbox and playstation <laughs> so it's, yep. it's not even like like they have to say hey can you do a design for us they say hey you got any spares of the of the new console chips uh we'll, we'll take care of the programming for you <laughs> It's like, oh, sure, right, we've, yeah. got, we've got 30, 30 cases. You can have them. Okay, great. Uh, let us know when you've got some more spares. <laughs> right, yeah, those are being produced in mass quantity far above what, what Tesla's using. And so uh, it's it's easy to get, uh, if something's economical to produce and, and you have some fab that's it's making in mass quantity, it's not a problem. Very good. And speaking of... Mass new quantities. technology casey's got the next story about the I x sure what's going on there uh so our friends with the drone army have been uh <laughs> scoping out the lot again what are these these are model x's look at that and and you know what that means because model x hasn't been built in a year so that means these are refresh model x's <laughs> yeah baby yes and uh yeah, gonna... you can uh, the the air stick with drones over Fremont tonight, uh, every <laughs> night, every day, and never yes. stops. I'm sure. Is that the employee shuttle? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the employees drive Teslas too. Not as easy as you'd like. <laughs> There's some more. Uh, those are X's as well. That's next to the test track. 
So that means that uh, we could have some X uh, refresh deliveries coming up. Yes, I know a bunch of people have been waiting. Yeah, there is a, there's a ton of people that have been waiting. So uh, that's uh, that's good to see that uh, they're starting to produce some of them. And of course, uh, that also um, is a, a higher margin vehicle that's going to help them in Q4. A lot of right. It. Yeah, I, I mean, that's gotta... <laughs> starting price ninety nine thousand. Uh, right. Yeah. Now it's been up and down all over the place, like the stock market. Uh, I just need to make sure that I, I remind myself: waiting on the Cybertruck, waiting on the Cybertruck. We don't need two Model, <laughs> we don't need two model X's in one house. <laughs> no, but uh, I am. It's your tempted. turn. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've got a twenty sixteen X now. Uh, so it's it just turned five years old last month. And uh, I try to keep my cars for 10 years because mm. I, I, I don't make payments. I pay it off. I, I drive it a significant amount of time so that I'm not – because, I mean, if you're just paying car payments and then uh, all the time, you're, it's, it makes it really hard to save. So I'm literally postponing my retirement because I want to get one more Tesla. <laughs> or, or if you can budget uh, for it, it doesn't work as well with Tesla as it does with the other companies. That, that was one great thing with the, uh, with the leases is that uh... – you know, if you're already going to budget a car payment, that there it is. But uh, that's still not for everybody, and and it's harder with Tesla because the the other automakers give you a significant discount to go with that, not just yeah. um, like uh, Tesla. Tesla just basically cuts the price into three equal payments. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and if it's a three or a Y, you can't even keep it when it's done. That was also one of the flexibility is a good reason to lease as well, because then you have a choice of turning it in and being while you're walking away, you can you can buy it. Or, or you can just pay the extra miles. Uh, but with the Tesla, you can only pay the extra miles or turn it in. And then you can't, well, on the on the three and the Y, you can't you can't buy it and keep it. So right. I know they, they said that that was the case, but um, uh, are they really enforcing it that way still? Mm-hmm. I mean, because my understanding was that was going to be uh, because they wanted to take the cars back and put them into the robo-taxi fleet. Which doesn't exist late. yet. So, so, <laughs> so, why don't they let people buy them? Um, I don't know why they don't just make an addendum to the contract and say, "Hey, why don't you? Yeah, if you do want it, here you go." Right. And and, and I think it made sense to make sure that people understood that that wouldn't necessarily be an option, because you don't want to not allow it if that was what they anticipated. So, well, there there certainly was great fanfare about talking about the robo fleet. And about mm-hmm. it, you know, having a million vehicles on the road by what was it, 2021, 2020? Yeah, like, last year. Obviously, the, it's not uh, not going to happen. Uh, well, because, well, the, the million vehicles will be out at the end of the year, and then if they if they all get FSD, then it wasn't a lie; it just was a stretch. <laughs> right, they're capable. Yeah, yeah. It was they, a long stretch, wasn't it? Really, <laughs> I, I I couldn't call that a stretch. That was a miscalculation uh, completely. So. Right. Uh, but that uh, that's interesting. That uh, yeah, what what happens with those lease vehicles? But it, it does do um, two things though. It keeps the because uh, and we're seeing this today. The the people who can hang on to their threes and whys, they're selling them for uh, you know a lot of money, yeah. and then it also means that Tesla controls almost all of the used market on the three and the Y, which is their more popular vehicles. So that, that they can artificially keep the price high. So then everybody is just doing well. New used. Third party with with the Model Three and Model Y used. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of new, uh, Casey's got another story about uh, some new territory uh, being uh-huh, yes. uh, populated by superchargers. Where's that? So, um, Morocco. <laughs> Morocco. So, our, yeah, our friends at Tesla have finally hit the African continent, uh, like the Tesla, the car company. They've been there on and off with the Tesla energy, like power walls and stuff. But this is the first time we've seen any part of the car network reach Africa. And, and, and we know that if you're supercharging, either you've got a lot of people going on, vac- on vacation there or you're going to be selling there because... That, that was the whole promise of the supercharger network is, you know, hey, these are these are the, the popular routes and, and here are the, the owners live nearby. And so this is pretty cool. And and, and, and Mark put it in the show notes, he put they've arrived in northern Africa. And I want to posit that uh, I think that South Africa is probably going to be the last market they hit because, uh, you know, they beat up Elon when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no loyalty to the old hometown, huh? None. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it's kind of interesting. If you look at the supercharger map, you can see that it's kind of the spillover from Europe into yes. Northern Africa. You know, just the tip yeah. of Northern Africa. So they—it's not uh, just smack in the middle like Mexico and Russia. Right, like, where, right. where did those come from? Yeah, exactly. how do you get, even get there? You know, yeah, you can't even but, get there. Uh, these are connected uh, to the rest of it, so it's mm. uh, it's a spread. It looks like it's a, an organic spread uh, of the supercharger network. And of course, uh, two superchargers were placed uh, in Morocco, and uh, definitely we can see it expanding from there. So, yep. uh, congratulations! Uh, and if you if you've been keeping track of the uh, number of superchargers, I believe at this point was it over th- was it over three thousand stations? Uh, um, I don't recall now. <laughs> it's, it's it's so hard to keep track of it because it it, it's just continuing every day. If you uh, look at uh, supercharge.info, uh, uh-huh. you can definitely see the the change uh, chart. There's a new station open up almost every single day uh, across the world. So uh, it's uh, it's a dramatic uh, number of uh, chargers that continue this rollout and. Uh, it's really interesting to, to watch it. Um, and Patrick, you've been watching it for a long time, especially since it started on the West Coast. It must yeah. be a remarkable change for you. It is incredible to see how the pro- proliferation is just incredible. And, and you compare this with um, other networks and they uh, just nothing competes. Nothing has the connectivity that this has the, without big gaps. Nothing uh, has the uptime or the number of stations Per location, it's just uh, Tesla's blowing away all the competition in this. This is their biggest moat. Yep. I I do want to point out um, that that with it being a dual cable supercharger, that means it's a V2. You've got CCS for the Model Three, Model Y, and then you've got Type Two for the original Model S and Model X. Well, actually, all of them, but even the ones without the adapter can use this station because of that. Whereas all the V3s are CCS only. And you need your adapter if you're on a Model S or Model X to, to use them. Yeah. They're single cable. Yeah. So, uh, it's, as far so, as the most, so is that the same as Europe, Casey? Yeah, the same as the... So Morocco uh, the, has the same type of superchargers that Europe has? Europe V2, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I do also want to point out, I think their moat is manufacturing. Uh, we'll get to that later in the show. Yes. Yeah, I didn't say it's their <laughs> only moat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's interesting that this is Morocco. So when I first started looking into EVs in 2008, I had this list 
of um, of cars. It, and uh, one of them that was on there was this quarter million dollar bespoke of car that you could only get in Morocco. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to get one of those. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there wasn't. It wasn't as easy to uh, get an EV in 2008 as it is today. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the choices were not uh, near as uh, many, for sure. Right. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of volumes, uh, Tesla uh, has rumored, and of course this is a rumor at this point uh, because the uh, third quarter details have not come out, but uh, it's rumored to have sold 52,000 units in China in September, mm-hmm. smashing its old record of 34,000-plus. So uh, that uh, is is music to Tesla China's ears, I'm sure, because uh, this indicates that, of course, this is not vehicles that are being produced and then shipped to Europe. Right. These are vehicles actually sold in China. So uh, that shows huge pent-up demand uh, for an increase, almost doubling uh, what uh, they had sold uh, previously. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Again, China continues to amaze us. Like it, it, they're really, uh, it's it's uh, technical prowess, its ability to construct and operate uh, factories, the sales of, of the vehicles, the first the Model Three, now the Model Y, and a combination. The uh, the amount we see those um, that brand new delivery center that opened up uh, that you know had basically football field size inside. <laughs> to sell vehicles, the rows and rows of cars (laughs) under the lights of the showroom. Just incredible. Uh, And and as Casey said, there's there's more than one. There's a a couple brand new ones, uh, along with the army of others that that have been there normally. So (laughs) uh, it's, uh, China's amazing. The the volumes that are going on uh, there are just uh, remarkable. And uh, it's in sales continues to dazzle us um and that's uh and that's that's i'm sure that is music to tesla's ears uh as they continue to reap in the rewards of uh being the first foreign manufacturer to be able to own their own um actual factory uh their own system venture or anything it's it's, they didn't have to give half of it to a chinese group that that came in to basically siphon profits off the top this is (laughs) this allows them to operate it as they see fit you know with some restrictions it is china after all there are some restrictions in place but uh, at least they have a, a bigger piece of the pie and they have control over their own destiny uh, as long as they stay in good graces with with China's uh, government. So, so the very- first story that we talked about was Tesla's uh, volume. So, does that not give a breakdown of where? Um, I mean, if we know they shipped two hundred and forty some thousand vehicles, yeah, we don't get quarter. that breakdown. <laughs> Yeah, just like we don't get a breakdown between is that when they say S and X, is that S's and X's, right. or is that just S's? Right, they lump threes and Y's together. And exactly. Yeah. So, hopefully, uh, uh, some probably... more of that will come out in the future. It typically does, yeah. or you know, especially when they hit new milestones, that kind of information tends to slip out in in releases after the fact. So, yeah. uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Yeah. So, when is their quarterly? Uh, 
um, investor relations call is that, or analyst up. call. I think it's tomorrow. Oh, um, but this might be the first one where Elon's not there, so it will be far less interesting. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's what he told us. <laughs> it would be it would be disappointing not to hear Elon mention things as the call goes on, or those off the cuff uh, responses that you really weren't expecting. And uh, I have a feeling if Elon's not there, all that stuff is going to stop because uh, you're not <laughs> going to have another exec that's going to go out on a limb with a uh, response uh, because it'll get back to Elon. <laughs> And, yeah, and he, he may have not have felt the same way uh, when he wasn't on the call. So uh, right. that would that could be very dangerous. Uh, for, yeah. So uh, last year it was October twenty first. So uh, so we still have a couple weeks probably. So yeah. Mr. Mr. Uh, CFO, can you tell us what we're going to be doing next quarter? Uh, we said everything we want to say in the document. Did you read it? Right. Hey, yeah. So what can you tell us about this? Yeah. Uh, we're not speaking about this at this time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a real short meeting. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and that's what those are supposed to be for. They're they're answering. They're saying, "Here's what we did last quarter." It's not mm -hmm. supposed to be talking about what's coming up. And right. uh, but, so, but as a Tesla fan, we really love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, I know. It, made, it gave the whole thing color. Like before, it was all black and white, but uh, Elon would just. He just go off on something, and it was like, yeah. "Wow, that's some give us our DD freedom." Know about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of corporate and uh, what's going on uh, with uh, other auto manufacturers when it comes to their electric dreams, Casey's got a story about um, VW. Is I that do. you, Casey, or, or was it Patrick? I have one. No, yeah. Patrick has it. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Was, yeah, we, we, we switched this one a couple times before the show. Right. Yeah. Casey got the X, <laughs> even though I was the one that said that this X was going to live. And you were like, no, it's gone. It's over. It's gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rubbing it in a little. Well, okay. I mean, it went out of production for a year. It didn't look good. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I still had hope. Okay. Oh, so I had hope. I just didn't have any. any, any... <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, it's it's October. We have to tell a horror story because <laughs> 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 so VW has held a crisis meeting where they admit that Tesla's gigafactories are more than three times if, if more efficient than their electric car plants. So uh, we've been hearing for uh, uh, that um, the legacy car companies are coming and their big advantage is manufacturing. Well, guess what? They're still manufacturing the way they have for decades. And yeah, right now that's great and high volume, but Tesla has innovated in multiple ways. They're not just trying to copy what VW and Toyota and others do. They're coming out with stampings and they're working with Sandy Monroe and, and they're looking at redoing all the way, all the wiring and um, taking it down from hundreds of kilometers of wiring in a vehicle to just tens of meters. And uh, um, it's it's amazing how th they are not just looking at, oh, we're going to be an electric car company. They're looking at everything from the ground up on how to do it better. And that's not what the gas car companies are doing. They're like saying, how can we take what we have and modify it? And that's never going to give you as good a result as starting from the ground up. So... This is the second time that VW has had one of these big uh, bosses meetings get together. And um, 
they let's see where where did they uh, cover how many they invited something like 120 of their top managers. So these are all people making you know 200k plus, and there's a hundred of them. How how much money did they burn just in this meeting when all they're doing <laughs> is talking about things instead of actually while well, they're talking, Tesla's taking action. Uh, they're they're spending their money on engineers, not executives. <laughs> they're they're spending their money on factories, not press releases, uh, not cheat soft. They're actually writing software to do things like enable chips, not work around emissions tests, <laughs> you know, kind of like important things. So uh, one of the things that was interesting that came out of this was um, that Tesla can build their vehicle in approximately 10 hours, whereas VW's uh, new electric vehicle takes 30 hours. So yeah, I thought ID3, that, 30 hours, yeah, the, smaller one. Yeah. Right. So uh, I thought that manufacturing was VW's big advantage. Well, no. Well, why is it taking you three times longer to get to get it done? So uh, yeah, I don't have a, a lot of um, hope that um, these legacy automakers are going to be able to do what they need to do. And and even even here, Adis, I think he gets it. He's in charge. But there's a hundred years of legacy in this company, and the people that work there came there because they were car people in gas car people. But this this whole moving to electric is something that they're fighting at many levels of middle management. And uh, just the fact that they're trying to get 120 people together in a room, you can't even agree on what to get for lunch, let alone what strategy the company should have. It's <laughs> uh, So if if you're, um, and this is not stock advice, but I'm not going to own any VW stock. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that is, so, that is uh, interesting, though, that, that this, this crisis meeting was held and... Uh, you know, I could just see uh, the CEO saying, listen, we, we bought into this. We're going to do it. We said we were going to do it. We've started to produce, you know, two models currently. Uh, it's going to be three. It's going to be four. And we can't catch up to this small, scrappy company that uh, started up and just recently hit some volume numbers that, that even made it any significance at all. And we can't even catch them. And right. uh, making a, a vehicle in 30 hours as opposed to 10. And the other thing is, as VW tries to right the ship to get things faster, to get things more efficient, Tesla's not standing still. They right. are modifying and iterating based on what's happening in their situation. So it's not like, you know, VW, well, give them six months, give them eight months, give them a year, they'll catch up. No, they might catch up to where Tesla was partially but mm -hmm. tesla's innovating as well and uh that of course allows them to continue to accelerate we already knew that any of the id models are not as efficient they're heavier they have more batteries and cost more mm -hmm. uh, and they're they're not efficient on many different uh platforms so you know tesla again vertical integration owning these different moats uh, that separate them, charging stations uh, being one of them, uh, that vertical integration, make, even getting down to making their own seats. It's something mm -hmm. that allows them to say, we can do it better 
because we understand what it is, just like the chips we were mentioning. If you know how the chips work and what they're used for exactly, you're not just forced to buy a spec off a shelf. You can iterate, you can make things happen in different ways. And that's what Tesla is doing as a whole across everything. Sales, service, production. It's all leading to them uh, being unique in the industry. And uh, right. it continues to be so. Yeah, so I was looking at Bosch as a, a company and, and what parts they sell into the automotive industry. So they would uh, buy uh, commodity chips, package them up, and, and then sell com uh, larger components to the vehicle makers at a 50% margin. Whereas vehicle makers sell their cars, they're lucky to get 15% margin. So if you are, in, in, instead of getting it from a supplier, doing that yourself, now you aren't giving 50% margin to someone else to do it. Yep. So one thing I found interesting with this, they, they actually had basically two meetings there. They had the crisis meeting and then they had the PR meeting where they said, oh yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to do the same as Tesla. But in the in the rah-rah meeting, it, it sounded like they said they're going to go where Tesla is now. So they're getting to where the puck is now, not to where it's going to be when they get there. Yeah, so, right. So they'll get a, they'll get a ten hour car, but then Tesla will be looking at maybe a, a six hour car or less. Right. Yeah. They said they have this thing called Project Trinity, which they've pulled in from twenty twenty six to twenty twenty four. So if they're lucky, they'll in twenty twenty four they'll be where Tesla is in twenty twenty one. <laughs> and that's still a three year gap. So guess what? They're gonna be skating a long time to catch up. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think. Day. Yeah, it's yeah, right. somewhere. Um, I would think that uh, just based on time, we're going to skip my story, Casey, and move okay. to your last story. And that's right. going to screw up uh, the banner, but that's all right. I let you know with seconds to go. So yes, I did. <laughs> so uh, we we spoke a couple weeks ago about how actually at the end of August, how Tesla had submitted an unsolicited bid to the city of Fort Lauderdale, and. Then they had 45 days to wait to see if any competition showed up. That's right. And they didn't. So so now the city of Fort Lauderdale is in uh, meetings and, and negotiations with Tesla. They had a four to one in favor uh, meeting to do the boring tunnels. And we're looking at a 2.5 meter pair of tunnels, which is uh, significantly more than the, than the Vegas tunnels at 0.8 miles each. And... Uh, so at this point now they're gonna they 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 know they need to fight traffic and they're gonna do whatever it takes to to try something fresh and, and this happens to be the boring company. Yeah, so that's uh, that's negotiations open with the boring company. Yeah. So uh, Here's now to see what they pick. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, there, there's there I guess that comes down to you know the nitty gritty uh, getting getting detailed soil samples, understanding what the actual build is going to be like. Um, what kind of utilities and things are going to have to be moved, uh, if any? Uh, looking what at trash can will be at the station. Yep. <laughs> uh, look, looking at uh, the uh, you know the ability for tunnels to handle the the water, the monsoons that happen in Florida every mm -hmm. once in a while. Who uh, yeah, you got hurricane doors. Just hurricane doors. Yeah. Close these. <laughs> <laughs> but alligator uh, yeah. prevention. Yeah, alligator <laughs> prevention. That's a good one. Yeah, I never would have thought of that one. Whose job is it to make sure that the, that the communications are done? Uh, how much each ride will cost? Uh, who does right. the maintenance? How, how it's going to be paid for? Uh, yeah. Are the taxpayers on the hook for this? 
Is it going to be a shared system that uh, the boring company uh, produces it and then charges for rides and a percentage goes back to the county or to the city? Uh, what kind of uh, infrastructure, uh, how is it going to be paid for? It's uh, certainly, uh, you know, they've got their general price uh, due to the unsolicited bid they've already received. But uh, being able to uh, put the figures to it and uh, be able to explain to your uh, tax base as to uh, how this affects them or doesn't affect them. Right. I wonder if it's going to be a lease where Tesla owns or Tesla, the boring company owns it and 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 they charge, or if it's going to be like uh, Vegas where uh, this section is guaranteed free rides, but then when they expand it, that's not free rides. Hmm. Right. So that that's that's certainly open to interpretation as to uh, how this is going to be handled. Uh, but uh, the the good thing for the boring company is that uh, you know there was a demonstration model in Vegas uh, that allowed this new model to come on board. So uh, having uh, another project uh, green lighted uh, certainly is going to be a big win for the boring company. Having a having a second uh, publicly opened uh, tunnel is going to spur others to think about it and to understand it more. And uh, that uh, certainly is going to be a big plus uh, for the company as it uh, uh, gains traction uh, in the tunneling world. And since Russell doesn't want to go to Vegas and take the video, I'll go to Lauderdale and take the video for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just, a, just a side note to mention, we're talking about... Uh, about the uh, safety scores and about Casey uh, Patrick mm -hmm. uh, getting uh, introduced uh, to uh, FSD beta hasn't been a whole lot of talk about FSD in the tunnel. Like we, we know that that's coming. We believe mm -hmm. that that might be a, you know, a, an easier uh, go of it uh, because of the lack of, you know, people and things wandering around in front of your vehicle, uh, having it first happen in the tunnel. But we haven't heard any news uh, at all uh, about uh, some automation happening or testing of automation. No one's ever mentioned that to this point. It'd be kind of funny. Yeah. Right now, you don't get to pick alternate routes. The car decides you're going through a boring tunnel, and it charges your credit card on the way through. <laughs> <laughs> and it says... Oh, turn around and go back, and you go oh. back through the tunnel. <laughs> Double charge. Yeah, you made a wrong turn. <laughs> Sorry, no, you car, you car tunnel. made a wrong Only turn. Way. <laughs> Ding. Yeah. Yes. How to increase revenue? That, that, that's, that's that's vertically that's, integrated, isn't it? Pat? Right. What <laughs> uh, uh, Patrick? I think we lost Patrick. No. <laughs> Maybe he didn't like that joke. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Okay, he's coming back. There he goes. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. VPN timed out. Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, with that, uh, that kind of wraps up the show. And uh, let's uh, get some final shout-outs uh, for the week. Uh, Casey, let's start with you. What do you got uh, cooking on, on the YouTube channel? So uh, I've got this video about increasing your safety score coming out. And... Uh, I was hoping to get it to 100 to just kind of close out the video, but uh, we'll see tomorrow how, how, how it's looking. And if it's not, then I'll just uh, tell you what I do know and, and put that out there because I want to have it out before we start Friday, <laughs> start downloading. <laughs> and uh, you can check that out as well as my Sunday live streams at uh, youtube.com slash K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. 
Very good. Very good. Mr. Connor, any uh, thoughts uh, closing out today? Oh, yeah. So um, safety scores. Don't be unsafe trying to boost your safety score. <laughs> the irony. The irony. Drive safely, but not. It, don't worry about if you need to stop suddenly because there's something in front of you. Stop suddenly. Don't crash into it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's not going to help your safety score. <laughs> and uh, if you need to take a corner at a certain speed, uh, don't slow down too much so that you get rear-ended. That would be bad. So uh, it's it's not worth um, a, a uh, injury or even an insurance claim to try to get a higher s score. Just just drive normal and safe. There you go. Uh, there you go. And uh, which means I'm not going to be in the immediate first round because my score is in the low 90s. But that's okay. I don't care. Uh, I'm not even looking at. I'm not changing anything. <laughs> so uh, there you go. So I have. Uh, I just mentioned my car has turned five years old, and I've been tracking. Yeah, thank you. I've been tracking the battery degradation every year. And I thought, oh, maybe after year two, it'll slow down. Nope, yeah. year three was nope. just as bad. Year, <laughs> uh, maybe with year four, it'll slow down. No, year four was just as bad. Oh, no, what is happening? Finally, year five, it's leveled off. And, uh, and so I'm 8% degradation. And uh, for, for year five, I'm actually, there's always some noise in this data. So uh, it actually looks like year five is a little has gone up. I've had some anti degradation, which again is not real. That's not how batteries work. It's not, but 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 uh, so uh, that'll level out over time. So this is this is awesome. Um, so uh, this is just a, a little. We always say buy as much range as you can because you're never going to regret having extra range. So you right. should always get at least ten percent more because you should count on some degradation over the first four or five years of the vehicle's life. And uh, who knows? I mean, if you're cutting it that thin, you you might move or get a different job or, or whatever, something's going to change in your life and you'll wish you had five or 10% more. So always, always try to get at least 50% more than you think you need. And then you're, then you're in a good spot. So I'm at seven I'm, to 8% degradation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're in a similar, although mine's a little older than yours. Older than mine, yeah. yeah I, I'm not going to the track and uh, yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> Towing. I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not towing. I don't even do a lot of supercharging, even though I have free supercharging for life. Yeah. Uh, we did a little bit of. We, we went to the coast when they were there was a heat wave here in Portland in the summer. We went to the coast, and it was perfect timing. And I think I supercharged once on the way home, and that was about it. Okay. So uh, it's a ni it's nice to be able to to drive a uh, hundred miles or so and not even have to worry about it. And uh, <laughs> and the, the the hotel we stayed in had a Tesla destination charger. So there I you go. Plug into that and not not heat up my batteries and uh, degrade them further and still be able to get home. So uh, yeah, fun times. And I have this all coming out on my blog, carswithcords.net. You can see the little thing right there. And uh, that's where I log my venture on my progress towards a future free from fossil fuels. <laughs> Got it in. Yes. It and hey, thank you, Casey, for uh, covering me last week with that. <laughs> it's <was> a pleasure. <laughs> Well, uh, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up at this point. Uh, press that subscribe button if you haven't already. That helps us out with the numbers with uh, YouTube, and that would be greatly appreciated. And uh, with that, we will roll the music and talk to you next week, and we will find out what's going on in the Tesla life. Stay positive. Good night, everyone. That's negative.